Welcome to the 186th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on June 21st, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is my co-host and the guy who's got a sparkle in his eye, Carlos Rodella. Well, hello. I'm sparkling right at you. How are you doing? Doing good. I like your sparkle today. It kind of looks like you're an anime character where they got those like little stars right in the pupils. It's pretty neat. How do you do that? I was going for that look. I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of time effort. You got to do some training. It's a uh, sparkle training. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, I was thinking it was like maybe like a kind of a LASIK type procedure, but if all you got to do is a little training, maybe I'd be down for that. No. Yeah. I don't want to do any sort of uh, procedures. Yeah. It's more training. Yeah, keep them knives away from my eyeballs, people. All right, here we are. It is episode 186. Uh, as always, lean show, no bullshit in the beginning. We do have a couple things real quick before we get to the games. And today's going to be a slightly larger show than usual. Um, we have a, a full roster of games. We also have the PS5 announcement uh, that happened, I believe it was last week, uh, but we're just now getting around to it. And to kick things off, uh, you've got a little bit of housekeeping today, Carlos. What's on your agenda? It's one piece of housekeeping I keep bringing, uh, meaning to bring up, and it's crazy that I haven't brought up before, but you got a PS4, uh, you know, you're probably just looking at the same background forever, and if not, maybe you're looking at the one that you got from a game, like, uh, you know, and you're like, oh, it's this, this background again, with those sound effects that always come in and bother me. Y- there are PS4 themes you can buy and I don't normally would you know recommend like spending money on that kind of stuff, but guess what? It's worth it because I bought one that is like this really cool, like like uh, going down a road, like this virtual like '80s esque like VHS uh, like you know effects on it, and this really cool relaxing trip hop music in the background, and it is great to have on. So like whenever I and like in between doing something or about to start a game or just like in general, it feels great. So here's my PSA. Spend, I don't know, a dollar, four dollars, three dollars and get yourself a background you like on your PS4. Get yourself a background. I'm glad you brought this up because I actually love the themes in the background. I do into all the time. My son does it, too. And uh, we have, you know, there's there's some that come with games that you like. And those are really cool. I dig those. I went into the store one time. Uh, only once or twice. I bought a theme that I like. It's like a person holding a, an umbrella and a rainy day in a city. It's pretty cool. I dig it. It has nothing to do with any games. It just kind of looks nice. I have that one up sometimes. Mm. Uh, but there's a lot of crap in the store, so I don't go in there very much. What I like doing instead is I use screenshots from games, and so I become addicted to like taking screenshots and then always trying, in the back of my mind, to try to get the next one I'm going to use for my theme. Me and my son kind of have like little competitions as to who can get the coolest screenshot that makes the best background for your PS4. That's so you cool. can take a screenshot, any screenshot, and it'll be a background for your PS4 if you uh, go into the themes menu. Well, either way, there you go. You have two options for you. Change up your background is all we're saying. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, my wife's got a Witcher theme she uses, and it's got a pretty cool uh, like Witcher music in the background. And there's all sorts of different things you can get to change it up, keep it fresh. I dig well, it. I dig well, that feature. Love it. Well, well, that's what I mean. Like Some of those are like they spend time on making them. You know what I mean? Like... They, they really do really cool music or some sound effects or um, like visual effects. And it's just nice to have on. I don't know. I, I dig it. I mean, obviously, my, my PC always has like updated, you know, background. So 
Uh, maybe that's something they'll do, and we'll get to it later uh, on the PS5. Maybe they'll do that better in some way. Maybe so. And speaking of the PS5, good uh, segue there, my friend. Uh, last week-ish, I kind of lost track of time, but it was-ish uh, ago, they did the giant PS5 announcement. I mean, it was called, like, I don't know, what, PS5, what, Stepping into the Future, or whatever it's called. I don't oh, know what I it's called. Know doesn't matter what it's called but they revealed a whole slew of games which we're going to be going through and giving quick commentary on and they also finally revealed what the actual ps5 looks like we've seen shots of the controller for a while um and that i mean let's talk about the controller first i mean obviously neither one of us has held it i know that it's probably you know souped up in some ways better features etc etc but just looking at the controller carlos and folks if you don't know what it looks like maybe like pause the show go google ps5 Google the controller, although if you're listening to us, I'm sure you're already up on the latest news. Uh, what do you think of the controller, Carlos? Yeah, it looks the same. I mean, there's like, to me, there's no real difference. I think what I've just heard about the controller is the biggest difference, which is those uh, trigger buttons having tension and having different kind of ability to have different kind of you know weight to them or whatever. So I think the triggers seem really interesting and in what they can do with that. But the, I mean, to me... It's just like a white PS4 controller with a little bit different shape. And and also, I'm not even complaining because I love my controller. You know, I love my PS4 controller. So, yeah, I, I have no, like, real big thoughts about it other than I'm really interested in those triggers. I believe the Xbox One, the fancy controller, the Elite. I don't have that one because that was, like, the really expensive one. Um, I believe that one has had those controllers. I think I've played with those before when I went to a Microsoft event. I'm okay with the, with those triggers. That's probably fine. Um, the thing that kind of weirds me out, and oddly, I, I you know, side note, I uh, I started, I downloaded DuckDuckGo for my browser. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah, I used it back in the day. Yeah. Fucking irritating, man. I put it on because I didn't want people stealing my search history and all that, you know, all the online, like, data gathering and stuff, so I figured I'd give it a shot. And it really screws your search results over when you're trying to do certain things. Because, I mean, Google may be evil and stealing your data, but they also pretty much know what you want to see when you want to see it. And I've gotten really used to that. Oh, so, yeah. like, like for example, I'm putting in just now PS5 controller in my browser because I wanted to refresh my memory because there was one thing I wanted to check. And it's only showing me PS4 controllers. And I'm like, dude, I literally put in a PS5 controller. There should only be one picture coming up right now. And DuckDuckGo is not doing it. So I mm. think I'm going to get rid of this thing. If you yeah. can't get that basic search right, I mean, what's going on? By the way, if you don't want your all your data taken, and this is a PSA as well, get Epic Browser. It's based on, I think, the Chrome technology, and it really is amazing. And they have these little cartoons. I think I might have mentioned it before on the show. And these little cartoons like Felix the Cat, which we've talked about in the show. He's Love like, you Felix. can't steal. Yeah, he's like, you can't steal my data, big bad guy. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Epic bri- Epic Privacy Browser. All right, I will check that out after the show. All right, anyway, okay, so I did find a picture eventually. Looking at the controller, I mean, it looks slightly different to me, and I love the PS4 controller. I think it's very comfortable. It's probably my favorite controller. Um, I know everybody's got their favorite, and that's fine. I love the PS4, you know, DualShock 2 or whatever it's called. Looking at this new one, I mean, it looks okay. It looks fine, but one thing that I kind of don't like is how white it is. Like, it just looks too white, and I really miss the color coding of the buttons, triangle, circle, square, and X. Oh, like, yeah. I don't need the colors because I know where they are on the controller. I've got those really well memorized. But just it just looks so white. Like, I just kind of don't dig it. It needs a little bit of splash of color in there to break it up. Um, I haven't held it yet. It looks like it's going to be okay, but we'll see how it goes. I'm okay with it, though. I'm not, not mad at it, but I can't say that I actually love it. Now that I'm re-looking at it, 
um, I remember remembered two things. One, you're right about the buttons, because that is weird that they're all just the same color. Um, obviously, for people who play games for a long time and PlayStation games, it's fine. For new people, I'm sure that's going to kind of fuck them up. Also, they'll sell another controller like in two seconds. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. I'm sure they will. I'm so, sure they will. So that part aside, I don't like that they kept those fucking little mini buttons still. I hate the mini buttons. Mini buttons? Which mini buttons? The share and the options button. I just don't like them. And by oh, the dude, way, I love those buttons. I love them. Maybe they should be bigger, do? but I love the function. Oh, I do. I love. I use them all the time. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love the button functionality. I just don't like where they are and the fact that they're so small. And every time I press it, uh, you know what? Yeah. You know what? No, fuck those controllers. Fuck that. Not the controllers, but the fuck those <laughs> little buttons. Because now I'm remembering it. Just a sensation of every time I have to push that little button with my thumb, my big old thumb. It does. It's not good. It could be better. Like I love. I love that they're there. I don't want them to go away, and I think every controller should have those because I tell you, playing the Xbox One this morning and trying to get screenshots uploaded is like, you can do it, but it's just like a pain and it's so kludgy. Like the way that the the PS4 did it is is great. I wish that uh, every console from this point in forward would do that. But yeah, I agree. They could be placed a little bit better. They could be a little bit bigger. That would be great. And speaking of buttons, um, I hope that if they continue to use the click in the stick button, the R3 and L3, which I hate when I hate when developers use those for like primary functions. Does that bother Ew. your thumb at all when yeah. you click the sticks in? I've been doing Stop. it I've been doing it lately a lot with games where you sprint and I kind of yeah. get into that, but man, it's it's tricky, yeah. I hope that they they somehow make that better like less tension. I mean, maybe my hands are just old, maybe I got arthritis or something. I don't know, but like it bugs me like and I'm playing um, Neo 2 right now. And you constantly click in the stick to like lock on to people, which you're doing like in every single battle. And I'm just like, fuck, this is like way too much clicking of the stick. I wish that it was like something else. So hopefully oh, the new controller annoying. will make that function a little bit easier, but we'll yeah. see. Also, okay, by the so, way, those little buttons real quick before we leave those little buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they don't have names on them anymore. They're just like line, line. Are they just a, blank? Line, 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 line. They're like little lines. Oh, they are. Them. That's weird. They have new symbology on that thing. Okay. I didn't even notice that till you said it. That's yeah. true. It doesn't say options and share or whatever. It just has three just, vertical lines and three horizontal lines. You just lines. know. You know what this is. Okay. I guess I do, but. <laughs> All right. So that's the controller. Let's talk about the console itself. I mean, I don't know what your initial impressions were, but I looked at it and I was just like, oh, man. That's like, it looks very you know like a vase like a piece of art kind of artistic it's got the weird fins at the top i gotta be honest with you dude i feel like maybe i don't love the look of it so much what do you think yeah i'm like i have two sides of me one side goes like like the presentation it felt very like weird and abstract and some people said lynchian and just kind of like <laughs> you know like which by the way is a compliment in my book i love david lynch but oh same same i think that's a good thing too yeah you know like I, I think part of me goes like wow that's so cool and weird and i like cool and weird the other part of me is like but really though because the funny thing is i don't want to look at it you know i'm not i don't care what it really looks like i just want to like see what how strong it is and what compatibility has and how awesome of a system it is. So I probably will just put it on the side and maybe not like look at its fins. <laughs> I think I'm not, not want to look at its fins. Like you said, they're the way they stick out there at the top. I don't like it. So I probably put it on its side and and be done with that. I would have liked a different look. Actually, I think I'm yeah. to be honest. 
it just it looks like a little bit too attention getting and i know some people are like oh they're making a statement they want it to look nice in your house and stuff i mean okay i guess but so i guess a couple things number one it's just the fins really bug me out it seems like they're taking up space that it doesn't need to take up and i don't know if you've seen it but if you look at pictures comparing the size online it's actually pretty large like the ps5 is pretty big which i'm a little bit concerned about because i'm already like I already have consoles that don't fit into my entertainment center. Like the Xbox one, the OG Xbox one does not fit in my entertainment center. So I've had it just like on the fucking floor in front of my entertainment center this whole time. Yeah. It's too big. I don't want things that are too big. And this raises the question because uh, the real shocker for me is that they released or they're going to release two models. There's going to be the digital only. And then there's going to be the one backwards compatible that has the disc drive the disk drive looks like it's just stuck onto the side. It looks very awkward and unbalanced. So, like, yeah. if you're talking about aesthetics, the way that they stuck the disk drive on there looks awful. But on top of that, it, I'm planning on getting the disk drive one because I just, I like physical. I have a bunch of disks. I have a feeling I'm probably going to want to play some of my older games. I want the disk drive, right? So, whenever people do a vertical disk drive, it always fucks up. Like, there's always damage to the machine. It scratches the disks. There hasn't been a single console so far that when you put it vertical, the disc's function was okay. Like, there's always a problem. Mm. So I always want to put it horizontal, which is how discs are meant to be worked. But I've heard that this PS5 is so tall and so vertical because it is designed like a chimney to funnel heat upwards because it's oh. going to be very hot in there. So if you turn it on its side, whether it's the digital or the disc drive, I'm hearing that there may be heat concerns and we all know that when a first generation of console comes out, there's always problems. And if you don't want to get it too hot right away, like we don't want to do the whole red ring debacle again or do what we don't don't want to send your consoles in as soon as you get one. Right. So I'm a little bit concerned. Well, let me tell you, here's here's how I'm going to work it. I already know already. OK, me personally. And so if you're listening, tell me if you, this is what you're going to do. I'm going to get the digital only because that's just what I do. I don't care about the past. I'm all about the future, baby. Let's move. <laughs> looking let's move forward. To the future. Carlos looking forward. All right. I'm looking forward. Uh, I literally have no interest in a disc drive, and I don't even have any interest in playing my old games. Uh, if there's v available on a digital service, cool. If not, I'm fine. Let, let me keep going. Uh, I want to I see the new games. And so PS5 digital version on its side, on my uh, table that my TV's on, which has no other systems on it besides my Switch Lite. So it has all the room to breathe. There's, it's not enclosed in anything. It's just going to sit where my PS4 is right now, but my PS4 is getting the fuck out of here. And that's it. That's that's my future is just the PS5 sideways digital version, my Switch next to it, nothing else next to it. That's how I'm going to roll. All right. Well, you got a plan. You got a plan. I, I don't know plan. exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I like the way the digital only looks just because it looks more balanced and symmetrical. But I definitely want that disk drive. But then again, if it's vertical, it's going to be a problem. I, who, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Wait you know, I think they designed it for digital, right? Like they were like, well, oh, totally, do, totally. Yeah. How to make the system look awesome. Cool. Oh, by the way, some people really still want that drive, which is a lot of people. So we have to make yeah, that. Too. And they just think I think they they want you to get the digital one because the one with the disk looks lame. But fuck them. I'm going to get the one with the disk. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so there's the consoles. We'll wait and see on that. I'm definitely going to get one for sure. That's not even a question. I assume you are also. Oh, yeah. And by the way, price. Uh, they didn't say the price. Nah. Um, no price. I know. I think. I thought I, I said I know, but I don't know. I think it's $599. I think that's too much. I think I that think history has much. proven. 
I think history has proven that three ninety nine is as high as as most consumers want to go. And I think that if they buck that trend, I think, especially this year, bro, especially this year. That's true, though. We've got like 40% unemployment in America. Uh, if you got your Trump stimulus check, which actually me and my wife never got ours. Uh, if you get your Trump stimulus, that's long gone. Uh, a lot of people can't afford uh, their food and medicine and bills. This is a bad year for a lot of people in terms of money. Real bad year. Probably one of the worst years ever. And if Sony thinks they're going to come in with something that's above the normal price point, that's going to be a no-go. And I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about how they're going to launch in general because like a lot of people just don't got money right now. It is a holiday, though. Maybe something happens where, I mean, I know we don't want to talk about the real world too much. But, um, you know, if, if, if people are still dealing with coronavirus and uh, maybe it's chilled out in some capacity by the holidays, I don't know. All I know is this also reminded me that that is whack that everybody got one check. <laughs> everybody that got one stimulus check. Ever. Fucking complete. Yeah, let's get political for one second. I'm sorry. That doesn't even pay one mortgage rent on my house. And not only the fact that of that, I didn't even get it. My wife didn't get hers. And even if it, you know, even if you have a cheaper rent or a cheaper mortgage, I mean, I live in Seattle, of course. The, the prices are higher up here, just like you. Uh, but like, you know, you've got a family, you've got kids, groceries goes fast, you got to pay for gas, like whatever you had to pay for, you got to buy masks and, and sanitizer and stuff. I mean, that 1200 bucks, give me a fucking break. What yeah. a joke. And and the Republicans thought that was going to, like, did you see that they, they thought that was going to carry us for five months? Five when months, When they passed yeah. that bill, they're like, well, this is going to be five months. Maybe we're giving them too much money. And I'm like, motherfucker, you Maybe guys are so kidding. out of touch. So, yeah. okay, okay. Getting angry? Let's move topics because I'm just going to rant for like an hour. No, no, no that's okay. I'll get us back on track and say that um, I think that, you know, $399, $499 is all doable. Uh, I think the system itself probably is a fucking expensive system. And obviously they're, take, they're taking a loss. And I also think that maybe it's so tall because there's a lot of uh, hardware inside it. I'm not sure. But uh, I will say... They might they might uh, compromise at four ninety nine, but I feel like they'll just be like, if you can't afford it now because of the bullshit going on, you just can't afford it now. I think they might say that because how much I, of a loss can I, they take? I agree. I th- I think you're right. And honestly, this is if you look at history again, you know the consoles always flip flop, right? Whichever one does good in one generation, they inevitably shoot themselves in the foot in the next generation, and the next one takes over. So this. This generation, the Xbox One completely shot themselves in the foot, fucked it up, and they like ruined the the lead that they had built up with the 360 because that was the undisputed leader of that generation. Yeah. Uh, so now that the PS4 is so dominant and widespread, I fully expect them to completely fuck it up, and I expect the uh, <laughs> Xbox One X XO XO whatever the fuck the new Xbox is called that one might be take the lead if history holds true. We shall see. Right, but also you just couldn't remember what the fuck it was called. So I know they got a real branding problem. They, gotta they got to get off the X's. Real over there. branding problem, and also like I don't, e- I still don't understand what version I would get of anything. I don't even know what version I would get right now. Like I don't have an Xbox One because it like went borked on me, and at some point yeah. I just like fuck it, I don't care. I'm playing PlayStation more. Uh, I'll wait for the new one. Even if I went out today and wanted to get Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox One X, Xbox, I don't even know which one I would get today. Yeah, dude, they got to really clean that up. Whoever's in marketing, they need to fucking fire them because they just can't get off of that same very confusing. Everything is like in the same pocket and it's just really, really just annoying. So, yeah, 
Anyway, I, I agree with you. I think Sony's going to ask for a lot. I think this is a real fucking bad year to launch a, launch a console. I mean, not only because of economic reasons, but in America, I mean, you know, not to get political again, but this November is going to be a shit show no matter what happens. And I feel like we're in for a very rough ride ahead of us. So this may not be the best year to launch a console, but I guess they're going to do it. So we shall see. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, I'm going to make it work somehow because I need that <laughs> PS5. Man, we're all going to need like a PS5 to escape from the bullshit coming. So, I mean, yeah. I'm going to try to get one too, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? All right, let's talk about the games. There's a lot of games. So here's what's going down, folks. I wrote a list of all the games they showed during the show. I actually watched the presentation. Uh, I was at home, uh, shocker, and my wife was there. My son was there. We all decided to make some popcorn. We watched the show together. It was a good time. We will go through the list of games. Carlos, if you have a feeling or a thought about a game that I read off, please say it. And then I will say if I have a feeling or a thought. If not, we will just move on. And that's that's what we're going to do. Cool? Yeah. And I also watched the show, but I uh, didn't really take good notes. So that's why we're using uh, your notes. Fine. No worries. No worries. Got you back, bro. All right. Here we go. List of the games. This was everything that was shown on the PS5 uh, exhibition show. So GTA Five. do you care? No. And that was the worst thing to start with. I have, let me do a real quick tangent. Yeah, absolutely. We've been waiting for so long. They delayed it because of all the social injustice and bullshit that's going on in the world. I like that they delayed it, but the delay actually you know, made more of us go like, oh my goodness, I really want to see this system now. Fucking lead with the system. Let's just show it and then and talk about what it's capable of or whatever. But no, they lead with GTA 5, which no one wants to buy again. Fuck that. Terrible Everybody's intro. got three fucking copies of it. It's like... Who in the world doesn't have that game already? What a weird... Talk about misstep, shooting yourself in the foot. That's the weirdest way to start it. Yeah, so I hated that beginning. No, I don't give two shits about GTA. I liked that game when it first came out, what, 18 years ago? <laughs> I Honestly, with you, I think I own it twice, and I've never played it because I'm just not what? a What? You never fan. played it? No, I've never played it. I have, like, zero interest to play it. But I thought it was interesting that they opened with that one because I literally thought I was watching the wrong show. I'm like, oh, shit, did we get last year's announcements? Yeah. What's going on? Why are they talking about GTA Five? Like, I was so thrown for, like, yeah, 30 that's seconds. What you want. That's what you want, bro. by the way, when you're starting a show is to have <laughs> people get confused if they're watching the wrong show. Absolutely. I, I was not. I don't care about that. I don't care. Okay, moving on. Uh, Spider-Man, the Miles Morales. Uh, at first, people thought, is it a game? Is it a sequel? What is it? It turns out it's going to be a standalone sequel, similar to something like um, Last Light that came out for... Uh, what is that game that you like? Infamous. That was set in Seattle. Infamous. Inf Infamous yeah. Last Light. Or there's or like the Uncharted one that stars the two ladies, Infamous. Yeah. Or, I don't know. What, what is that one called? It's uh, uh, Oh, my gosh. I just saw it. Um, Uncharted, like Lost Legacy or something Lost like Legacy, that? I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's like it takes the base game engine, does not require you to have the base game, but you can just, you know, play just the new content. Apparently, it's going to be, I think, like half as long as Spider-Man was the base game. Uh, so, Carlos, thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really have a lot of fun with Spider-Man. Like, everybody and their mother loved uh, Spider-Man um, on PS4, and I thought it was just okay. And I think the NPCs and, like, the actual world they built is clunky and corny, but most of the time you don't see it because you're swinging everywhere. Uh, but if you actually take time to, like, look around or, like, interact with NPCs or punch things, it just looks like a PS3 game sometimes. So uh, I know that's a harsh, different take at spider-man but um for me i love uh miles and, and i want to hear that story so i'm excited because like you said last light um it was a different story 
and in that world. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited because of the story base, but not really because of like the mechanics of Spider-Man. For me, it really doesn't do anything. 100% agree. I like Miles Morales. Um, I read some of his comics and I was a fan. I really like, I mean, who doesn't like Into the Spider-Verse? That was like the best movie. Like, oh, yeah. Bar none, the best movie the year it came out. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse was incredible. I love, uh, I would love to see more of Miles Morales. Uh, but like you, I was not a big fan of the original Spider-Man. I felt like it was way too long. I felt like there was way too much combat. felt like I was doing way too many of the same things over and over. I know that like everybody seems to love that game. I just, I don't quite get it. Like, I just don't think it's as good as people were saying it was, and I bailed. I didn't even finish it. I didn't think it was that great. But yeah, I, didn't either. I would definitely come back for a Miles Morales uh, shorter DLC type of game. That seems to me like a good fit. I would be up for that, 100%. Yep, me too. Uh, all right. Gran Turismo 7, I don't care. Do you care? I don't care. All right. The new Ratchet & Clank. Uh, I don't know what the subtitle is, like Into the Rift or something, something like that. Do you like Ratchet & Clank? I, I sometimes you know I like collecting things and sometimes you get in that mood and you're like oh I want to play like a Lego game or a, or a ratchet game where you're like just collecting a million little bolts and shit <laughs> and you get in that mood but if I'm not in that mood I don't give two shits so but I will say this it looks amazing I mean it looks like a Pixar movie but again we can't say that anymore because everything looks better than a Pixar movie now. <laughs> but um and also what they're doing with the technology while they're switching tile sets like now that I'm really you know much more into yeah then some kind of like a warping mechanic that they showed where Ratchet was kind of like going to different worlds through these rifts it looked pretty cool actually yeah like working on games right now uh, at work uh, for my job as well as personally you get to you know appreciate all the work that goes into all of it and changing out like the whole tile set and different models like on the fly like that pretty quickly is crazy so there's some really good power in that system just to see that um but the game itself you know if i'm in the mood maybe. gotcha i think I've, i think i've played all of the ratchet and clank games and i i like them but I think I have like liked them like less and less with each, with each sequel. The remake that kind of they rebooted a couple years ago was pretty good. I mean, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm not like dying to play this, but I totally will play it. My wife and son were very excited. They are both, um, I think, bigger Ratchet and Clank fans than I am. Although I am still a fan, um, so we're definitely going to check that out. That looked pretty good. Uh, next up was Project Athea from Square. They didn't really have a lot to show. It looked like a woman in a cape running around a forest. I mean. I don't, I don't really have any comment. It's, I just need to see more about it. Any thoughts? Yeah, I need to see more about it. It looked cool. Yeah. Stray was the trailer that had everybody flipping out because even though it didn't really show anything, it was like a city of robots and a cat wearing a backpack, and that's what really sent everybody into the stratosphere. The cat in a backpack. It's a cat, and he's got a backpack. Oh, my God. Like Oh, my God. I just... <laughs> uh, I mean, who knows what he's even about, right? I don't even know. Game of the show for me. Game of the show for me. <laughs> I'm not joking. This I have a I have a straight. We were talking about back uh, wallpapers. I have a, yeah. a stray wallpaper right now on my PC. Do you really? Yeah, I really do. Oh my god. I am. Watch, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fucking match three free to play, dude. You watch what happens. No, it's uh, the world. I love cats. I love being a cat uh, in video games. Remember, I played I played all the cat games on this podcast. I played. Catlandia? I played Catlandia. That's true. That's true. You've got you've got a long cat history. That I have a true. cat video game history. So I am so in. Also because it looked beautiful and a world of robots and the backpack and forget about it. This is my this is my I want this like as a launch game. 
Alright, well, okay, we shall see, we shall see. Next up was Returnal. This was about a lady who, like, dies, and every time she gets resurrected, she looks like an astronaut or something, every time she gets resurrected, the world she's in is, like, slightly more crazy and psychotic, and I forget who is behind this game, it's actually somebody that I that I like. Uh, again, not a lot to go on, but I'm, I'm kind of down with that concept, seems like something that's up my alley. Thoughts? Yeah, I like the idea of, uh, what's that movie with Tom Cruise in it? Oh yeah, where he's like doing the he's reliving the yeah the battle yeah, in the yeah. and it had like stuff. Emily Blunt was that Emily Blunt that was yep, in it too that's right yep yeah whatever that movie, what that movie is called uh, yeah. is fucking the time great, traveling by Tom the way. Cruise what it was, was good yeah it was pretty good yeah yeah and so that reminded me of this game so I like things like that so yes yes I think we were both a yes on that yep next was Sackboy. Uh, I have never liked Little Big Planet like ever because I don't think it plays very well like with the <laughs> multiple fields of depth on a 2d plane just has never worked for me ever so taking it to full 3d makes more sense i'm not the biggest Sackboy fan but it looks like something that i would play on a weekend for funsies with my family what about you no i never liked uh little big planet games i like media molecule i like dreams i like what they're doing with that i think they're awesome people but i do not care about this game all right fair enough fair enough Destruction All-Stars was like a destruction derby with weird sci-fi cars that if your car got blown up, then you could get out of your car and run around and punch the other cars. It looked to me like really generic and kind of lame, and I was not excited by this one at all. What about you? Yeah, and this game, I think I think I tweeted this. You ghost ride the whip? Is that what happens? I do. Because <laughs> ghost riding the whip, know. if you're not familiar, is when you like go outside of your car while it's still driving, like while it's still going and moving. And you're like, I don't know, dancing or being cool. And then you get back in your car. Or maybe you get on top of your car. There's a lot of that ways. It sounds like can... an Instagram challenge is what that sounds like. Well, it's already happened. You just you, you Google Ghost Ride the Whip. You'll see real dumb videos. Um, <laughs> so I, when I was watching this, I just saw all the, the characters like outside of their car. But then the cars were going. And I was like, is this happening at the same time? I'm confusing what this game is. It's Destruction Derby, but you're also Ghost Riding the Whip. I don't know what the yeah. game is. Yeah, it just nothing about that made me want to know more. It just looked like one of those games that like it's going to be a launch game for sure, because that's going to be their window when people are starving for for software. Right. So, like, yeah, you're going to get away with putting out stuff that's maybe not the greatest. They're going to sell a bunch on launch and then the game's going to disappear. You're never going to hear from it forever, ever again. Um, Kina Bridge of Spirits reminded me a little bit of Cameo from the Xbox 360, kind of a third person character action platformer. It looked okay. Kind of generic, but all right. I mean, again, probably in the launch window, it'll do well. Yeah, just okay. I feel like that's what a lot of these have been when I'm remembering them. Is like, yeah, we'll sell these because people want a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. People are going to buy three, four games when they buy the PS5, and whatever's there is what's going to sell. So if you got a B-grade game that's not really going to do well, get it out of launch day. That's your window. Yeah. Uh, Goodbye Volcano High was, I don't know, like, I don't know, visual novel or a character narrative game where everybody was a furry. And I got to say, I got real uncomfortable watching this on the couch because everybody was kind of looking at each other like, what is going on? Why are these animal people? It looked just, I mean, I like visual novels, but I'm not big on furry animal people. Not really my thing. So I was getting kind of skewed out a little bit. I don't know. Are you you down for this one? I originally thought it would be, it looked cool when I was tweeting and I was like, oh, that looks really interesting because it reminded me of some sort of interactive fiction that I would dig. But then the more I watched it, I was like, I don't know if it'll actually resonate with me. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oddworld Soulstorm. Um, I met Lauren Lanning, the developer of Oddworld, many years ago. He was a great guy, super polite, had a great conversation with him, lovely guy. Um, so he's wonderful, but I got to admit, I don't like any of the Oddworld games, except maybe for um, Stranger's Wrath, which is kind of like the oddball of the whole series. But like, Oh, oddball. Oh, oh, there you go, a little mm. bit, a little bit there. But I don't care. I don't care for Oddworld, and this one looks exactly like all the other ones, just like with better graphics. I'm not interested in this one at all. What about you? No, I don't. That's never. It's never got me interested. So, I've already talked right. about it too much. That's a pass. Ghostwire Tokyo blew my mind because they announced this one last year. They had a, a cutscene trailer. Looked like you know weird ghost hunting action in the middle of an abandoned Tokyo. Nobody really knew what it was about. Uh, and then when they revealed it this year, I got to say, this was the surprise of the show for me because I never in a million years thought from a Japanese action team, they would put forth a first person. Like, I, I don't even know what it is. It's like a first person action game. First person is not big in Japan for various reasons. And to see Ghostwire come out as a first person action game where you're using like spells and seeing your hands cast the spells in front of you and going after ghosts. I mean, to be number one, I don't think it looked that great, honestly. And number two, I'm very surprised that's the direction this team took. I mean, I'm not very interested in it, and I'm kind of disappointed a little bit. Uh, did you have any thoughts or feelings on this? Well, what did they do before? What what have they worked on before? Do we know? <sighs> I don't see. I didn't do my research. That's if okay. I was Why able would to I look ask it up, that? I shouldn't. Even I, that's ask. a bad question. You you just you got you stab me in the back there, Carlos. <laughs> you sunk I the show. Set, I set you up for failure. Um, <laughs> so what they uh, what they did in the past, I'm not sure, but it, 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 again, I'm always a sucker for something new and different and the first person with spells with kind of action with kind of horror was an interesting genre mix so i'm intrigued but i you know that's about it oh okay so this is okay from shinji mikami oh uh, resident geez. evil uh evil within and then the, i'm pretty sure wasn't this the one that also had that um young woman developer who everybody fell in love with last year at e3 oh, was like it? she I'm pretty sure the one you know the one I'm talking about. Has she got yeah, yeah, she yeah. gave a really like heartfelt, awkward speech, and everybody like instantly like went head over heels nuts for her. Um, I think she's also working on this too. So I mean, I don't. I mean, from Shinji Mikami, that is really Nakamura. That's what her name is, Ikumi Nakamura. That's the woman that everybody loves. So those two people, I would never have thought of a first person game. That just is weird to me. I don't know what's going on there. Some pretty good uh, pedigree though. So uh, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, let's see. Jet the Far Shore looked very much kind of like a No Man's Sky, but like with other stuff going on. So I'm interested in that one, although I need more details. Interested? Meh. Move on. Meh. Uh, after that was Godfall from Gearbox. It looked like a bunch of generic dudes in armor doing some generic fighting. I think I, I think I fell asleep in that trailer. It was really boring. Yeah, most people are hating on this, but for some reason, because I'm so focused on melee games right now, uh, I think the melee looks really fun. And it's third person, I believe. So I'm I'm in. I uh, tentative for me. I mean, if it turns out to be great, wonderful. But like, I don't have a lot of faith in Gearbox, and it just looks so bland. Like a bunch of really generic suits of armor walking around. It just just didn't look cool to me. But it it does, and I I can't like defend it. But at the same time, I'm so hungry for melee games. So that's all I'm saying. I hear it. All right. Uh, next up was Solar Ash. I'm kind of blanking on what this was. I think that I liked the trailer of it. It's from the same people that did um, Hyperlight Drifter, I mm. believe. Um, so I'm interested in that respect. Uh, I don't recall. I should have watched the trailer before the show. Any any thoughts on that? Do you remember it? No, it looks cool. 
So, <clears throat> all right. Uh, Hitman three instant day one purchase. I'm down. Give me all the Hitman three. I'm in hundred percent. I'm in. Yeah, not as much as you, but I I like Hitman. Excellent. Astro's Playroom. I never played the first Astro game, which was on PSVR exclusively, but everybody I talked to said that game was amazing and probably the best game on PSVR. I believe them, but I just don't have a PSVR and I'm probably not going to buy one anytime soon. Did you play the first Astro game? And what do you think of this one? Oh, this is the one with the little robots, right? Yeah, exactly. The white little robots. Yeah, I'd uh, get it out of here. <laughs> you didn't like Did you play that on PSVR? No, and I wouldn't. No. Why are we talking about <laughs> I heard it's the best this? game. You didn't try it? You're like Mr. VR, dude. I feel like Larry David right now. Why are we even talking about these little robots? Like, I... uh, really? <laughs> We're talking about little I'm robots? I'm surprised. I thought you would have played this one. I thought you liked it. I like VR, but what, what I'm going to play with some little robots? Like, hey, and I also like robots. But I wouldn't even play with these little robots? I don't know. This bothers me for some reason. I get like a visceral reaction when I see that little guy. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong. I just don't want... Though, and I don't want a like, I don't want a PS5 that comes with it. You know, like some sort of like VR and the robot. I don't want it. Get okay, it Th- that is a very strong reaction. Did not <laughs> anticipate that. Nothing but surprises here on So Video Games. Um, next up is Little Devil Inside. I think this is a terrible title. It's a dumb title. I don't like this title at all. But the game actually looked pretty badass. It looked like a. Um, I don't know, kind of a cartoonish Monster Hunter. I'm, I'm definitely in the Monster Hunter vein. It's been a while since I played a good one. And the graphics just really looked very sharp, like very like animated, smooth, cartoony, good sense of style. Uh, the developers ran into a little trouble because some of the characters in that trailer, some people felt like were um, tribal stereotypes. Yeah. And so people kind of hit them back right afterwards. And to the developer's credit, they apologized and said they were going to immediately change those characters. Uh, they said no harm done or no harm intended is what I should say. Um, so good on them for that and not, you know, not doubling down. Um, but it looks very cool. The action looked very cool. Um, I'm very, very excited for this one. I just wish they would change the title because I think the title is completely fucking stupid. Yeah, I don't like the title and I love the game. It's like um, another one of my like little asterisks next to it. Um, really beautiful, really funny and interesting. And I mean, man, I want to play that day one. That would be a great launch title for me. Um, I love the adventure. I love the little combat. It just looks great. The characters look amazing. Yeah. It looks really good. It just needs a better title. It looks so strong. That is like a like total mismatch with title and content. But anyway, uh, that's that's going to be like a day one purchase for me for sure. Uh, NBA 2K21. I don't care. Do you care? I don't care. I called that game. Um, what is it? The Super Sweat Game. Something like. Was everybody sweating like, that trailer? I kind of just I, I fast forwarded through it. I think. Yeah, it's like look more sweat. Cool. Next. <laughs> that sweat is so realistic, bro. Bro. <laughs> Bro, did you see uh, it though, bro? Bro, did you see did you it drip, see that bro? sweat, bro? Oh my god, bro. Bro, oh my god, <laughs> dude. It was like more than one sweat. It was like a lot of sweat. It was melt multiple sweats. It was very realistic. Uh, bug snacks from the makers of Octodad. I I wasn't too excited about this, and then when I heard it was from the Octodad people, I was back in because I think Octodad is genius. Uh, this is one where you eat food on an island. It kind of looks like um. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, if anybody has seen that movie, where, like, food falls down from the sky and the food is, like, alive at some point. Um, so you eat the food and then you kind of become the food, I guess. Like, it's really kind of not clear exactly what you're doing. I- I'll definitely check it out, but it's not like I'm dying for it. It's not going to be a day one purchase, but, it, you know, people are excited about it. I'm, I got to tell you my honest truth here, and this is going to be no offense to the developers. Even Uh-oh. They might not be listening. Uh, 
In the beginning, in the beginning when the trailer started, I thought it was like a joke. Like it was like we were getting trolled or something. I was like, um, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> I didn't think it was like a real game. I was like, what? what is this? Is this like an interlude to like a big mech going to come by and smash all the little animals? And... Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you. I kind of thought the same thing too. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and they were like bug snacks. And I'm like, really? Is this a commercial for another game where the- this is a TV show inside a game? And then, like you said, I saw this Octodad people and I'm like, I'm in because I love Octodad. And then, then also like, yeah, you eat the people, but don't, you don't want to eat the people because they're little creatures. But then somehow you eat them and they become the people. And very confusing, very weird. I will suggest this, though. Everybody listening to this moment and Bug Snacks, you're interested, you're confused because this is the first time you're hearing about it. Go to Twitter or Google and look for Bug Snacks, Bug Snacks versus five-year-old. And what it is is like a little kid like watching the trailer and just talking about it. And it's hilarious. Okay. All right. We'll check that out. Check that out. If you haven't seen it, or I haven't seen it. I'll have to look it up after the show here. Um, so after that came the demon souls remake long rumored. It's done by originally created by FromSoft and re- going to be remade by blue point who are currently um, some of the wonderkind when it comes to doing remakes. They did, shadow the colossus they've done a lot of other remakes recently a lot of port work and their work is real solid they're talking about doing demon souls not just as a straight remaster but as a re rebuilding it from the ground up like refining some of the systems that didn't quite work the first time around fixing some of the rough spots big overhaul on the graphics and visuals the color schemes um i know i'm more of the souls guy than you are what do you think of this any interest not at all next next as for me um demon souls i think honestly is it may very well be the best souls game out of all of them i think it's got the best story for sure and some of the stuff that they do in demon souls they never really managed to top in later games i think later games played better like in terms of mechanics but in terms of theme concept originality experimentation uh demon souls is i feel like it's probably my favorite of the entire series and that's the one that least people played because it was a ps3 exclusive so anybody Mm -hmm. who joined up at dark souls forward when that became a multi-platform thing most people like say dark souls is their favorite because that was the first one they played because that was the first one that was multi-platform but for me demon souls is the real shit and i'm very curious to see what they do i'm not like dying to go back to it because i've already played it like three or four times um you know back in the day so i feel like i'm good but at the same time I am curious what they've done with it. And my wife has never played it. I think it's the only Souls game she's never finished. So she'll play it. And maybe I'll just sit on the couch and watch her. So I'm kind of excited. I'm not like dying excited. But if you're a Souls fan and you've never played Demon Souls, you should be very excited. Have fun. <laughs> Carlos will be cheering you on from the sidelines. My two, my uh, two reviews of that whole game was next and have fun. Next. All right. We know where you stand. A couple games left on the list here. Deathloop was uh, shown last year in kind of a cinematic trailer. This year, they really showed us a lot more uh, mechanics. This is from the Arcane Studios people who do that game that you really like that I don't like. Dishonored. Um, Dishonored. So good. Uh, Yeah, it looked like you're on an island of crazy people and you're kind of living life in loops while you're, I don't know, doing something, trying to destroy something, someone's trying to kill you. I I wasn't super hot on it last year in the cinematic trailer, and now that we've actually seen gameplay, I am like, I don't want to play this at all. I don't even, 
None, none about this apply, applies to me. It is not for me. Carlos, what well, about you? That's the exact opposite reaction I got. Because I saw <laughs> the trailer and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. Because I love the systems in Dishonored, especially Dishonored 2. And the, all that stuff is there. I mean, essentially, they kind of brought what they've been building, I think, and put it into a different context. And obviously, the, the, the look of it is really can't can't deny how cool it looks. And the trailer, I think, was kind of Tarantino-esque. What you can. That's funny because I, I, didn't, I didn't like anything about it. I didn't like the way it looked. I didn't like yeah. the premise. I was like, this is just 100% not for me. I mean, if you like it, cool. I'm sure it's going to be a big hit because people really like. If you like Dishonored, this seems like your jam. And I just don't like Dishonored at all. Well, so. it's also interesting because they're doing a little bit of the multiplayer. I forgot what it is because we don't do research. But there's something in there that other players can somehow do something in your game. Which oh, I, I didn't catch on to that. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did a mo- like a miniature amount of research right after it because I was interested in it. So we'll get back to it on what that is. But um, yeah, I, I'm in because I like these guys. I like uh, all the worlds they build, and I like the style. Carlos is in. I'm out. Uh, next was Resident Evil Eight: The Village. Uh, looked cool. Looked gray. Looked grimy. Scary. Um, I didn't play Resident Evil 7 because I was too scared of it. I don't know that I will play this one because I just, I just don't like scary games anymore. But it looked, you know, I'm sure it's going to be good. I mean, what about you, Carlos? Yeah, I like how at the beginning we didn't know it was Resident Evil. You're just like, what is this really cool, weird, dark game um, that looks good? And yeah, I, I think I last couple episodes I was asking for Resident Evil 8 instead of another remake because I'm tired of them going back. Um, so yeah, I'll play it. I played 7. I liked it. Um, I had problems with some of its uh, bosses, but in general, it's interesting enough. Again, I should say this. There's only one more game left, right? Uh, two more. Two okay. More. But so far, nothing's knocked my socks off. Like, there is no, like, system seller here. I know I'm jumping ahead, probably. But, you know what I mean? Like, we've talked for a long time on this podcast. And I'm like, I'm excited about the cat with the backpack. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that was that's your high point so far is the cat with the backpack. Yeah, I mean, like I can't think of another one that we're like. I mean, like little devil inside or whatever, little evil inside. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's nothing that you know. Let's see what these last two are. Uh, next we have Pragmata, which is kind of a surprise. No one had knew about this. There's no no buzz about this beforehand. This kind of looks like a Kojima game, but it's not involved with Kojima. It shows a guy who's like an astronaut. And you're like, you have a little girl who's with you, but she is not in an astronaut suit. So I don't know if she's a robot or a spirit or what. And the two of you are kind of going together doing some kind of stuff in space. This is from Capcom. So I'm expecting there's going to be a pretty heavy action slant to it. And the visuals were just really crazy. It's got that really kind of off-kilter Kojima look. It very much looks like a Kojima thing. I'm interested. I mean, I don't know anything about it, but just visually, it looks interesting to me. Yeah, it looked like death. I called it Death Stranding in New York City. Um, yes exactly yep yep so yep, yep. it looks like a death stranding like light or something i don't know yeah but capcom though but capcom though i don't know i love capcom man i'm i'm definitely in the capcom i like uh, dragon's dogma that's that's capcom right yep yep that is absolutely capcom. so there's there's games i like but i'm not and that's resident evil right yeah so but yep. i'm i'm still not the biggest fan the arcadiness i feel like never gets off of their brand I don't know what there is, but there's something to that, in my opinion, that Capcom was arcade games, right? So Capcom, to me, their games really feel arcadey, like Dragon's Dogma, case in point. It's an RPG, but it feels arcadey. 
I like I like them a lot. They're probably my favorite publisher out of everybody. What? Uh, I really like their style. Yeah, for sure. I, I wow. dig their stuff a lot. I'm a big Capcom fan. I don't like all their games, but I like most of what they do. A big reason is they put a lot of uh, resources into art. They have some of the best artists in the field, like bar none. Like, their artists are fucking ridiculous. I own multiple, like, Capcom art books, and I'm just, like, blown away by how much they put into the art. You know, I'm an art guy. If there's a good visual, I'm, I'm halfway in just with that, so... I like most of their games. I don't like the Devil May Cry stuff very much. I like DMC, but not the rest. Those are the ones I like probably the least. But otherwise, I play basically all the Capcom games, and I basically like them all. So I'm definitely in the in the Capcom, the Capcom group of folks. So mm, okay. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, final game was Horizon Forbidden West. Um, it looked the trailer looked really cool until I found out what it was, and then I immediately lost all interest, and I don't give a shit about this game. Wait, how is this? I, I learn new things about you every podcast because <laughs> <laughs> things that we either we both agree on or we we totally disagree on. Horizon is one of my favorite games ever. It's so oh god, it was yeah. so boring. It was so boring. I couldn't stand it. I thought it was so dull. Okay, In well, fact, again, opposite that, reaction. Not again, not yeah. system seller. Because I played Horizon, and this looks like more of Horizon, right? So, yes, I want more of it. But it's not like, whoa, look at the PS5, bro, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, so, folks, that is the wrap-up. Um, Carlos, overall, based on what we've seen, I mean, you kind of already you, you tipped your hand a little bit, but you're you're not too impressed by this opening lineup, right? No, I'm not I'm not impressed by anything, really. It's just, like, we've, we've been talking for a while on this podcast just about PS5, and I'm not, like, at the end of it going, like, Brad, I can't wait, you know? Like, ooh, aren't you excited? No, I, I'm not really. Like, I don't want the same controller in, in some of the ways that we were going through it just now, realizing those little buttons are there, and it's kind of weird looking of where, the, where it doesn't really tell you what the buttons are. Um, the system itself is big and clunky, and I don't really need it to be stylized. I'm just going to put it on the side anyways. And then the lineup. So for me, <laughs> again, I'm going to buy it anyways. So they're... <laughs> They're lucky, right? They have they have someone who wants to play video games, but yeah, it's not like I'm not impressed by really much anything. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, I've seen definitely worse launch lineups. I'm gonna say that like out of the stuff that we talked about, there's probably three or four that I'm pretty interested in. Um, you know, definitely interested in Little, Little Devil Inside. Probably gonna be in the Demon Souls thing. Pragmata looks pretty good. Hitman for sure. Uh, maybe one or two of the other ones, Returnal perhaps. But, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to buy it. I'm, I'm, that's not even a question. As long as I have a job, as long as the country's not on fire, as long as I'm not, like, in the, the, the resistance pushing back against our fascist regime. If that's not going on, then I'll definitely buy a PS5. So not dying with excitement because I'm still having a lot of really good experiences with PS4. I've still got a backlog for Infinity on PS4, so it's not like I need more stuff to play. But I'm, I'm down. I'm definitely down. I'll definitely pick it up. I, I'm a, let, me, let me say one thing in closing. Um... You know, I think what it is is, and, and it's because we did live through this period um, of consoles getting better, like by leaps and bounds, and that's part of it's Moore's law. Part of it's just where the technology was at the time when we were growing up. But you know, going from Nintendo, going from actually early computer games, Texas Instrument and Commodore sixty four, moving to Nintendo where it felt more smooth, and then going to the sixteen bit era with Turbo and Genesis and Super Nintendo. And then seeing the CD and PlayStation and going, holy fuck, there's audio. Turbo CD has, you know, CD audio, holy shit. And then even PS4, I felt like, really kind of upped the game a bit. And I'm not necessarily even talking graphics. I'm just talking about 
what I just said, a multitude of different things, right? Like with Nintendo, it was like the graphics were smoother somehow. And with, you know, Genesis, the graphics were better. And then PlayStation had audio. And so there's just different things that moved forward with systems. And I, and we lived through all that. And a kid today, you know, maybe growing up, he's got a PS4, doesn't even know the difference. For me, I'm disappointed because of those reasons, I think. Because I saw that Unreal demo, which I'm sure you saw Jeff Keighley did with the Unreal guys. Right, um, right. And it looked like, what the fuck? You know, there was something there they were doing where the smoothness of the way the character was running around and the world was loading all around them, it just felt like a little bit like, what the fuck? Like, whoa, that's that's different in some way. So if the PS5 comes out, looks different, and shows like, I don't know, four games that look like that, I'd be done. I wouldn't need to be like, you know, whoa, look at all the stuff they have that looks pretty much like what I can get on PS4. Uh, okay, I guess. And then start with GT, GTA 5. So that's where my disappointment lies from. I just kind of like worked it out here just now thinking about it. You know, it, it's, it's because it's not making that step forward in, in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's just the way of things from this point forward. I mean, diminishing returns and I mean, stuff is already so great. I don't I don't think we're going to get those same huge leaps and bounds forward anymore. I mean, I think the next big leap is probably going to be the thing where you plug it into your spinal cord and you like go into the matrix or something. So (laughs) until we hit that point, it's probably just going to be, oh, the load times are shorter. Oh, the graphics are a little bit better. Oh, the worlds are a little bit bigger. So, I mean, I'm not really looking for another big wow moment, but I do want to continue. I feel like I've played a lot of really good games this year, and I feel like there's a lot of good stuff, really high-quality stuff coming out. So as long as that continues, I'm fine. I don't need to leap forward. I just want more of that same trend. So, I mean, that's 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 about what I'm looking for. If they can deliver that, then I'm, I'm on my word. And I'm also on board, but I, it's just like the feelings I have, you know, like missing missing that. It's almost like I'm missing that. All right. Well, we have to talk about video games that are not the PS5. Absolutely. We do have other games that are actually out that we've actually played, that we actually have experience with. Let's get to that right now. Uh, And I'm sure we'll get to the PS5 stuff again at some point in the future. But for now, Carlos, uh, you are going to start off with a weird game that I don't know what it is. All I know is that it's a weird Switch game and it's something you've been playing. What is it, sir? Yeah. uh, I used to do these with Steam games, uh, weird games that I'm playing that are cheap or free. This game's pretty cheap. Uh, and it's on Switch and Steam, and it's weird, and it's called, uh, let me see if I can say it right, Hakoniwa Explorer Plus. Oh, yeah, that just recently came out. I saw it in the the eShop store. Yeah, I've been meaning, it's on my wish list on Steam for a while, and because it was on Switch, I was like, oh, um, it's a couple dollars more. It's 12 bucks on Steam, I mean on Switch. And I was like, yeah, I'll get it because it's a good, I don't mess around with an action RPG in bed it's weird as fuck and i'm gonna tell you some weirdness about it right now um yeah it's i don't i don't even know what this game is so it's an action rpg with that look of like uh what's the look of like uh final fantasy tactics or it looks very much like that like a 16-bit like rpg sort of look to it but with those with those little blocks like everything looks like blocks almost that minecraft look or there's another game like slipping my mind right now but that said, like, oh, uh, Tactics Ogre, you know, all that thing. Tactics where, like, Ogre, yeah, yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, yeah. all those games. Yeah. So that kind yeah. of blocky look, right? And then your character's really small, and he wakes up, and oh, in the beginning, you, they actually ask you, male, female, uh, other, I think they say, which is kind of cool. And then they go, are you pretty experienced in games or not experienced at all? I think the last one was like, shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> or I don't want to tell you or something. They do a lot of really weird things in menus. 
And when you get into the game, um, based on what you say, by the way, you get like higher level. You start higher level or start lower level. Uh, not really, I don't think, the enemies. It's more just like how you start. And then you wake up and in a little house and they're like, yeah, get to it. You got to go, you know, meet people and kill monsters. Do the basic shit. And by the way, I love that they keep it real where like your weapons and your items, they're called, uh, you get a shitty cape and a shitty club. <laughs> Are you serious? It says that <laughs> Yeah, literally? it says shitty. And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> keeping it real, I like it. That's funny. That's the beginning of the weird dude. So when I leave the house, um, you can smash everything just like a Zelda where you can like cut grass with your sword and you know smash barrels. But by smashing barrels, you actually get XP, which is cool. And I was like, oh, neat. I could smash anything. Um, and then at some point, uh, this is, by the way, this is called First Town. So it's very basic. Is this like turn-based or how are you moving through the world? No, it's like just this? action, this? action-based. Okay, little, okay. little teeny right. character. Uh, when sometimes when you do action, it, it, the camera gets a little closer to you. I don't know why it decides to do that. It just does it sometimes. And you swing your sword. Let me say real quick before it gets to the weird part of it. I don't like how when you swing your sword, it's all, how do I explain it? All the action of your melee takes place around your body. So it looks like you're just kind of spinning around to attack. So there's no like extension of your weapon, which I hate. That's like this. That's like a Pokemon combat where like Pikachu shakes a little bit, and then somebody across the screen takes a hit. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's like that. It, it just feels like weird. And hopefully later when I get a better weapon, it it'll extend out. And maybe it won't. But it, so basically, you have to be really close to things you want to hit. You know what I mean? Like, like right next to somebody. Right next to it. So. It's weird. And then secondly, these are the only two things I... Well, there's a couple things I don't like, but he, he slides a lot. So he's like a very slippery kind of character. He slides on the ground a lot. So that's weird. So those two things aside, why I'll probably keep playing it is because of the fucking weirdness in this game. So the first person you talk to to give you a quest is an old lady. She says, go and fight these monsters over on First Bridge, because you're in First Town. And uh, you got to do it because these monsters are melting, like, a girl's clothes off. And, oh, no. And I go, oh, no, what have, what, can I, what have I purchased? What have I purchased? And then she goes, um, and, yeah, and the boys are getting really excited about that. But uh, you have to do it because then my clothes could come off and no one wants to see an old lady's clothes come off. Oh, dear. And I go, oh, dear. I, I don't know what I've gotten. And then <laughs> at some point, I'm, like, asking people in the town, like, just talking to them. And you have to like bump up against them to talk to them. So not the button, but actually bump up against them. Oh, and like... so I bumped up <laughs> against um, one person. He goes, hey, you're heavy. Stop standing on my head. I was like, what? And then one, one guy told me to get off his lawn. Uh, I bumped into a cat and the cat said, stop it. I have a sensitive tail. <laughs> I was like, am I missing something in translation? What game did I buy? <laughs> um, um, and at some point, there was somebody I would, I haven't left the first town, by the way, I'm just bumping these people and I bumped into this person and he told me a quest thing and I missed it. You know, I like, I missed it. And so I bumped into him again to get it again, you know, like hear what the quest was. And he goes, Hey, you just touched my ass. And I go, what? No, say the quest thing again. You know, tell me the quest thing again. So I bumped him again. He goes, you touched my ass again. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, no, I'm not supposed to be doing that. I'm trying to get the quest. And so then uh, I touched him one more time to see if it went away. And he goes, bad touch. <laughs> <laughs> and he attacked me. And then all the townspeople attacked what? me. What? You're just trying to get the quest info and he attacked yeah. you because you kept asking? And they all, oh, man. They all killed me. They killed me. 
Oh my god. So I oh up, my god. I woke up in bed and it said uh, I got an achievement for like uh, it's just a dream, and I go oh it was just a dream, and it I, I think it showed its nature of the game which is it's going to be kind of roguelike. Uh, oh really? Okay. Well I think so because I I didn't see any save button. Um, I don't like roguelikes, but I'm also intrigued by this weird-ass fucking town and people and things that go on. So I woke back up and did, you know, didn't bump him again and uh, went and fought monsters and, and beat a thing. And, you know, I guess it's okay. It just feels like it's going to be borderline, you know, frisky business. <laughs> <laughs> because I heard some of the bosses are just oh I hear all the bosses are just women like like different type of either monster women or regular women I think all the bosses are just women which is interesting as well but I don't know what to think about this game it is weird that sounds completely bizarre I you know I took a quick look at it in the eShop I didn't buy it but I'm like oh I'm gonna favorite this and I'll come back to it if it's on sale or something it was it was weird enough that it caught my attention I didn't realize how weird it was can you Again, can you spell the name of that for us who who maybe oh, want to look it up in the eShop? Yeah, it's H A K O N I W A Explorer Plus. I forgot to mention okay. another weird thing. When you go to the overworld, you know how everyone has an overworld map? Sure. You can also like smash things there, like cut grass and stuff. So I started smashing things, but then I was able to smash the mountains. And so I smashed <laughs> all the mountains and then I smashed the town. <laughs> and it went what? away. The town just was gone. It was gone. Weird. So, and so then I had to go to the ma- I had to go to the bridge that I was going to go to and fight the monsters. When I came back out of the bridge, the town was back. Oh, okay. So you didn't like you didn't like close off like forty seven quests because you destroyed the town or anything. <laughs> I or wish just... I would have. I wish I would have. That's what this game feels like. You feel like oh, I I didn't think that was going to happen, and now it is happening. So yeah, bad touch. By the way, one of my favorite moments in video game history. Because, oh, their little eyes got all mad, too. You can see their eyes change. And they have these frowns, and they're like, bad touch. And all the bad villagers touch. attacked me. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to give that one a second look. I kind of just glanced past it because it just looked interesting, but not so interesting. But now that we're talking about it, that's definitely got me interested. So I will check it out, <laughs> and I'm sure we will talk about this bad touch yeah. again at some point. Um, moving on, I have been playing Moonlighter uh, on the Switch. It came out a while ago. And yeah, by the I, way, uh, nice getting around to it. That thing's been out forever. Well, it has been out forever. It came out a couple year ago, maybe two years ago. I don't remember when it came out. Uh, I remember when it came out, I didn't like it too much. Uh, and I'll tell you why in a second. And I just, I forgot about it. I bought it, played it, didn't like it, deleted it, moved on with my life. But then uh, PR sent me an email saying, oh, you know, they've done a lot of rebalancing. They've done a lot of work on the game in the meantime. And there's a new DLC would you like to uh, review the DLC? And I'm like, well, do I have to? Is it like endgame DLC? They're like, yeah, you got to beat the game and then it's new stuff. I'm like, well, no, uh, because I haven't f- played that much of the game. But now that you've brought it back to my attention, I am interested to go back and see the rebalances and to see how far it's come. Uh, so that's what got me back into it. Um, and I will say, before anything else, it is a better experience than it was when it launched. It is. It has more difficulty settings, so I put it on the easiest difficulty setting which I think just gives you like a lot more money when you uh, are playing the game, which is a big deal, mm. and I'll tell you why. Because for those who are not familiar, Moonlighter is the game where you start off playing top-down action, very Zelda-like action, inside these dungeons, and each room in the dungeon is like a complete screen. So you go screen by screen, very similar to like a Legend of Zelda top-down. 
you collect stuff from the monsters you defeat you you know they'll like drop parts or whatever you put those in your backpack you go back to town but when you get back to town you have a shop and so you sell the pieces that you collect in your shop so like half the game is you being a shopkeeper half the game is you fighting stuff in a dungeon and i thought that was a really cool idea i'm very kind of fascinated by shopkeeper games but i haven't really found one that has like clicked with me all the way yet so now that i came back to it uh definitely a better experience uh putting it on easy lets you grind a lot less that was one of my big problems with it the first time was it felt like everything cost a million dollars i wasn't making very much money it just felt like it took forever to like unlock anything uh in this in this time around i've unlocked most of the stuff i got a lot further in the game than i used to um, the balance is better um it's easier to like get better gear so you can live longer so that all is fine I think the graphics are very cute. Really good pixel work on this. That really mm-hmm. talented pixel yeah. artist. Uh, lovely look. Um, but overall, I didn't finish it, and I don't think that I will. I got about maybe three quarters of the way through. And I think the problem is that it's just not a very complicated game, and it needs a little bit more complexity because you go fight the monsters, and the combat is very straightforward. There's not a lot of um, nuance to it. You're just basically just bashing guys. You bring this stuff back, and you're selling stuff, and there's not a lot of nuance to that either. You just put the stuff in your shop, People either buy it or they don't buy it. If they don't buy it, then you lower the price until they do buy it. So that's a pretty simple process. But there's just not a lot to it. Like you're in the town, like the villagers talk to you, but they don't really say anything. You don't get any interesting quests, like no story beats really happen. You're kind of just doing the same thing over and over. Like you're just doing the combat, get the stuff, come back and sell it, earn some money to unlock another feature in your store, go back to the the dungeon. I mean, it's like, it's all fine and it all works well. I just feel like there needs to be more. Like, I wish there was more characters to talk to. I wish there was something interesting that happened in the story. I wish there was, uh, I don't know, some kind of upgrades, like more upgrades you could get that would make the combat more interesting. It's just very, very basic and very straightforward. And none of it's bad. But, like, after about halfway through, I just started feeling like I was doing the exact same thing over and over. And there just were no surprises. There were no twists. Let me ask you something. And I didn't really have – yeah, yeah, go ahead. Did you uh did you ever compare prices with that other shopkeeper though? Um my, there is another shopkeeper in town and my prices were like a lot lower than his prices. Um so I don't know if that has any factor or anything. Well cuz that uh, was part of the mini game or the meta game I think that I enjoyed cuz I played this a while ago as well mm-hmm, and had mm-hmm. some of the same thoughts you're thinking. Um I, I think that was something that kept me going a little longer is because when you change your prices he'll change his and it's kind of like a comp- competition there that goes on oh uh, interesting see see that was see that sounds interesting when you talk about it but i completely ignored that guy even being in town i he was just like not even a factor like he he didn't ruin my business i didn't interact with his business there was no real competition he didn't come mm. over and like you know you'll be like Mwahaha, i'm gonna run you out of business or anything like there was <laughs> with a long mustache was, <laughs> yeah like he didn't twirl his mustache like there was nothing like he just showed up one day he's like oh i've got another shop we're rivals i'm like okay cool and then I just immediately forgot he was even in the game because nothing even happened with him. So it was mm. like missed opportunity, right? Like there was stuff that could have happened that would make me more interested in the world and, and what's going on. And it just – I just feel like it's like half a game. Like it, they got a real good start. I really like what's here, but it's just like not enough. It's like a sandwich where you have bread and you've got a slice of turkey and that's it. And it's a sandwich and if you're hungry, it's fine. But you want some mayo in there. You want, like, maybe a piece of lettuce. You want a piece of cheese. You want a pickle. Like, you want something else to make it nice and to be, like, a really well-rounded sandwich. And this is just, like, a dry turkey sandwich. Yeah, that's a very good analogy. And you got to get those pickles in there. But I would say, um, you know, yeah, that's it. It's it's like there's systems there. 
but there's not a world. Because, like you said, if the, if the guy came over and was like, well, ha, 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 well, look what you've done with your crystals, selling them for blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm going to do this. Or maybe, like, set your house on fire or shop on fire. and Exactly. Build. Something, something. Something that goes back and forth. Yeah, it's just like, do go down to the dungeon, come back up, you know, adjust your prices. I did like that for a while, though, just watching people shop. So I think I'm with yes. you in that I want and still I'm waiting for the shopkeeper game that will win me over. Because there is something to that, that dynamic. That was my favorite part of the game, honestly. Like, I mean, the combat was okay, but like me just being in the shop and like watching people either think something was too expensive or maybe not expensive enough and kind of like adjusting the numbers. That was actually pretty entertaining. And I wish that they would kind of lean into that a little bit more and put a little bit more into that. But yeah, it's just like great systems. But like, you know, nobody says anything in town. It's not worth talking to anybody because there's no side quest. There's no point to it. There's like you said, there's no world to it, which I think is really where it falls down. It, it's, it's a good start. Needs more. It's a cake without yep. frosting and it's fine on its own, but it's much better when you've got the topping and the candles and the little and the pickles and the pickles and the pickles. <laughs> so that is Moonlighter. Um, I, I got to say it kept me busy for a while, but I don't really recommend it. And I ended up not finishing it. So I think that overall, I just it it just it didn't get there for me. So there you go. Make of that of you will uh, to a couple more games to talk about here. Carlos, let's go to you for what is arguably going to be the biggest game of the year. I think The Last of Us Part 2. I um, was a big fan of the first Last of Us. I have not played Last of Us 2. I probably won't get to it for a while, um, but you're playing it right now. And just as, as a heads up to everybody, people all over the world and on the internet are freaking out about spoilers because, I mean, apparently there's a lot of stuff that can be spoiled in this. We are not going to spoil anything, correct, Carlos? Yep, no spoiling. No spoilers. It's going to be just your thoughts, your feedback, whatever you want to say, but no spoilers. So don't worry, folks. You're not going to get your experience ruined. We're not going to talk about the story, anything that be revealed or anything that's ruined. We're just going to just, just about the game in general. So don't dive for your, your podcast player. Don't shut it off. Don't, don't worry. You're going to be spoiled. Carlos, take it away. The last of us part two thoughts, feelings, feedback. What do you got? Yeah. And, and, and to that note real quick though, it's crazy how many places you can get spoiled because I was like in YouTube, just uploading a video. And I think just like an autofill was a spoiler. Like oh, just, shit, really? Yeah, I was just typing Last of Us something and like, you know, tabbed out. And because uh, I know some of the spoilers. And so I was like, yeah, that's one of them. <laughs> shit. So that's oh, shit. That, yeah, it's pretty deep. Um, yeah, I, I think you had mentioned on Twitter, we talk on Twitter all the time. And I go, um, yeah, I might just try this for the show. And also because I, it's such a beautiful world they built. And you're like, get the fuck away from this game. You're not going to like it. It's dark. You don't like the torture. You don't like the darkness. Get out of here. And I was like, no, but I'm going to stay. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad I did partially. Uh, also just to talk about it on the show. And I will probably keep playing it so we can talk about it when you play it. It's a beautiful game. That's not a spoiler. It's one of the prettiest things I've seen on my PlayStation 4. Uh, it reminds me of Red Dead Redemption 2. Very much so. Uh, if you remember that game starts in the snow and um, and and then kind of goes and shows you the rest of the biodomes or different kind of you know uh, temperate zones and does all of them like in a really cool unique way and a realistic way and this is the same thing it's got a lot of different environments and a lot of different really cool uh, graphics so it looks beautiful um, I think the first thing I noticed right away which I mentioned to you and also tweeted out so go check out at O-N-A-W-A, -A, and look for this uh, video. 
But the, they added this jump thing, this jump mechanic that is looks terrible. It looks fucking terrible. Like the animation of jumping? Yeah, animating. It doesn't really even animate. It's like uh, when you jump, you kind of jump in an awkward fashion. And you kind of almost jump in place. Like you don't jump forward very much. So it it doesn't even help you. Like I'm not sure why you'd ever use that jump button ever. Because normally you're doing contextual commands, right? So you're going up to a, a bridge or you're going up to a, a fence and you're jumping over it or around it or whatever. And that's because you're moving up to it and pushing X or whatever. This jump button, you're just jumping because it looks funny. And like my, my video <laughs> is comedy relief. That's weird. Yeah. My video is just, I, I named it. Look what I can do because you're just like, ah, look at this over here. I would jump over here. It's dumb. And here's the thing. The game is so beautiful and immersive. It takes you right out of it. You're like, well, this is a video game. Cause look at that fun- funky action. So that is stupid. Uh, minus that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. I think the two of my biggest takeaways is, one, it's it's the same type of game with the same mechanics, so they didn't go for anything new when it comes to that. Like, yeah, you can throw a rope now, and there's a rope thing mechanic. But in general, it's the same pick up resources, pick up ammo. Uh, there's a melee, but the melee breaks, which I always hate that when melee breaks. Oh, that tire iron, you know. <laughs> you can only take so many hits with a tire iron, right? Am I right? Which is weird because I actually have a tire iron and that thing is fucking indestructible, dude. I don't know how you would ever break a tire iron. Yeah. Talk about you got your crazy jump video games. You got your tire irons that just shatter video games, right? And then you have something that essentially is Last of Us, the original game. And so I'm saying a couple of things there. One, the video gameness really takes you out of the immersion. Two, they're not doing anything really new. And three, and most importantly, and the thing that you said of course the the darkness is too much especially right now i highly recommend anyone with anxiety or issues of the day the pandemic the motherfucking whatever you call that guy in the white house all that stuff if you're feeling it like don't play this game which is essentially what brad told me um I appreciate that you're you're man enough to say that, dude. Because I was, you know, because I know you, man. Like you're not the darkness guy. Like you're not the the blood and guts guy. And everything I was hearing about was like, oh my god, this game is making me even more depressed. And I'm like, man, I don't know if this is a game for you right now, Carlos. So. Yeah, well, but I don't even know if it's a game for you right now, Brad. You know I, I, mean? I definitely know it's not the game for me. That's why I'm not playing it right now, man. Right, <laughs> I am out. <laughs> yeah. So I think, but like, here's a, to, to speak of besides it's just like of our time and and what's going on now just to speak of the game independently okay like say it's a great time sure sure um we have a different president uh you know the the virus is gone and this game comes out um i'd still have the same problem which is if you remember the last of us which i liked okay i didn't like a lot uh sometimes i say on this podcast i didn't like it at all you know it had its moments with with me Uh, other people loved it but i think what it was is there was light with the dark and there was this lightness to it that I think um, his YouTube channel, Skill Up, I was watching his review. He mentioned that it sounded like uh, Last of Us 1 was Spielberg. And like Last of Us 2 is like an Oliver Stone, you know, dark Ugh. film. Ugh. And, and that is really, really what it feels like. Because the minute, like it takes a while for the darkness to creep in. But when it does, it's just it's not going to go anywhere. And the thing that happened, which I won't spoil, 
was something so simple, just like Walking Dead. Remember when I left Walking Dead because of the same thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a yeah, big yeah, moment. Yeah. You go like, oh, that yeah. moment's wrong. That makes me feel like bad in my stomach. Uh, a moment like that happened <laughs> about, um, I don't know, say an hour, two hours in. A moment mm-hmm. happened, right? And I go, oh, I don't... I don't want that. You know, I don't, I don't want to think of what that is. You know, something happened like that. And I go, ooh. Okay. And so that made me put it down. Um, I probably will stomach it up. And, stomach it up? Oh. <laughs> what's, the, what's the term? Oh, Suck it up. Suck it up with my stomach and go back in because I know that that thing is over for now. But I know that it's coming back. And I think the biggest... Um, uh, downfall potentially for this game is that it doesn't have those moments of light where last of us one did and i think that you need that balance and i'm not sure my biggest question is i'm not sure what naughty dog was thinking and why they decided to take the story in this way where oh it's just going to be shitty and it's going to revenge story and it's all dark and you know oh you thought that was bad now look at this like that's what walking dead did and people bailed a bunch of people bailed that's and that's what this feels like to me. Mm, that does not give me hope. I mean, I like I think I liked The Last of Us, the first one, like a lot more than you did. It was my game of the year, I believe, when it came out. I really liked it a lot. And uh, kind of, I mean, you're very astute in your observation that it gave you the light with the darkness, right? Like Last of Us, the first one had a lot of really dark moments, but there were also like a lot of really light moments too. And especially when you took a look at the DLC, which I think is one of the finest pieces of video game making ever made. Like, that was wonderful. Like, there was so much, like, heart and soul and feeling in that. And there were so many great moments uh, that it just wasn't, like, all oppressive, nihilistic, like, death and blood and stuff all the time. And that's what really made it tolerable for me. Um, But when they started showing trailers of Last of Us 2, all the trailers were just, like, each one was, like, bloodier than the last. And each one was, like, more brutal than the last. And that's not really why I come to that game. That's not what I appreciated about that game. Uh, and so I, I got my, my red flags were way up and hearing you talk about it now, it sounds like I was right to, uh, maybe stay away from that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that I'll probably try it at some point, but I'm just not that guy. Like, I don't want to be in the darkness in the, in the, you know, the blackest part of the human soul all the time, especially this year when we have so much of that happening in the real world all around us. It is like, it's bleak out here, motherfucker. Like there's not a lot of hope going on right now and I don't need something to drag me further down. So I, I'm definitely not going to play this for a while. Uh, maybe not even until Trump leaves office. Who knows? Um, so I guess keep us posted, man. Let us know if you go back to it, if you finish it, if you bail and just can't stomach any more of it. Like, let us know. But I, for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off for a while longer. Yeah, and I, I have this as my last note that I wrote down, uh, which is more of a, a grand statement. Um, and it's, it, it came from playing this game. And again, I'm not sure if I'll go back, but we'll see. But the statement was... Um, why are we drawn back to creating things about the worst of ourselves? Yeah. Good question. Uh, and I don't know why that is. And I think that that's a bigger human question that we could talk about sometime, but like in lots of media, right? Like why, why do people keep making those movies where people, well, I won't even say it. I just thought of what a gross scene could be in a movie, but where really terrible, gross things happen to people in movies, right? Like wh- what is that? And here's my tangent. I'm going to go on it for a minute. Like uh, Friends of the Podcast, Grave Plot Podcast, which is a great horror podcast, we talked about this. Like, why do people watch scary movies and dark films? And one of the answers was, well, because 
you know it's a movie and it makes you feel better about your current situation. You're like, ooh, I can get a little bit of a thrill, an adrenaline rush, but then, oh, I'm fine. I'm actually okay here in my house and no, nothing's really wrong. So the interesting kind of up and down, like adrenaline rush, but then you know you're okay. But if it gets too dark of a horror movie or film or gross or torture-y, then you, then you have to ask yourself why you're watching that. And then why are people making that? Because that's not like the fun little jump up and down of like, ooh, you know, I'm scared or this thing happened and no, it's better now. It's a real deep dive into something that's the worst of us. Oh, the last of us. The worst of us. Yeah. That's, huh. that's actually really good. That's a really good point you just bring up. It's, um, I mean, I actually agree with that a lot because, um, I mean, I watch, I like horror movies. I don't like the really super bloody, gross stuff. I usually like more of like horror comedies or maybe just like, you know, on the lighter side of the horror spectrum. Uh, my wife does not really care for horror movies at all, but she's been watching them more and more lately. I mean, possibly because I've just been like asking her to watch them with me and, and that. But I think part of it too is that when you watch when you're feeling down or like when you're feeling stressed or depressed, just exactly like you said, if you watch the right kind of horror movie, it can give you like a little adrenaline burst and it kind of like resets your brain chemistry a little bit. It kind of give you a little jump start and get you out of your funk, especially because you're not at Camp Crystal Lake and there's no eight foot tall guy in a hockey mask coming to get you. So it makes you feel a little better about your life. And so it can kind of get you out of a, out of a slump if you're feeling low, but it's got to be the right kind. And exactly like you said, if it's really like one of the dark ones, like one of the really gross ones, it just pushes you even further, so you got to like really be careful with that. And I, I am not a fan of those in general, so I yeah. think we are on the same page. That's wise words from the Grave Plot podcast there. Hashtag the worst of us. The worst of us. I'm going to get that trending. All right. We're going to leave that there, Carlos. Um, we'll come back to it whenever you want to come back to it. I'm probably not going to play this. I'm guessing like I will feel some kind of obligation to play it on December 1st because it's going to be on everybody's Game of the Year list. So I may feel pressure to play it at that point. I don't really anticipate playing it until then because I just don't really need that in my life right now. So yep. we'll see what happens. Um, all right, moving on. Um, folks, if you listened to last week's episode, you may have noticed I didn't have a lot to bring to the show because I was deep in an embargo game and I could not talk about it because it was still under embargo. But I'm, I am now free to talk about the game that was eating up all of my time last uh, last episode. Desperados 3 is what I was playing uh, pre-release. Love this game. Very good game. Excellent game. Definitely going to be on my top 10 uh, this year for sure. This comes to us from Me 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 Productions. They are the same people who made Shadow Tactics Blade of the Shogun, which is a uh, another tactics top-down team-based tactics game just like Desperados 3. I loved uh, Shadow Tactics. I, I sold that game to everybody I talked to. I tried to get as many people as possible to play it. I thought it was absolutely wonderful start to finish. Um, and this is just in the same vein. It is a top-down team-based tactics game. It operates in real time, but there are opportunities to stop the action and plan your, your, uh, your moves. In this particular game, you play a cowboy who is going after the guy who murdered his dad. Um, not the, you know, not the most original cowboy story in the world, but you don't play this uh, this game for the story. Uh, you gather a group of ragtag weirdos to go with you, as you do in most games, and each level is a very like, very finely tuned, very intricate, huge kind of puzzle to solve. So each one of your team members has their different abilities. You. Uh, as the main character, have a pistol and a throwing knife. Uh, you can also climb things because you're very athletic. One person has a bear trap and a whistle so they can lure people around. One person's like a sniper. One person is a very pretty lady so she can put on a dress 
and like dazzle some of the guards. They'll be so enamored with her beauty <laughs> that they will just like not pay attention to what they're supposed to be doing and be distracted. And one person uh, does voodoo. So she is probably the most video gamey of the whole thing where she can mind control certain people. And she has like other various voodoo powers. Um, and you have a goal in each objective. Like usually it's like to get to a certain place or to kill a certain person. But there's like all these guards and there's all these, you know, buildings you got to get through. And you're in like a western town. There's like a saloon and dirt roads and rooftops and horses and all that kind of stuff. And so you got to figure out how to get to where you need to go and do the thing you need to do. And usually what that boils down to is studying the map. The maps are all really big and you just have to figure out like where the guards are, where are the guards looking. Uh, some guards are on a patrol route. So you got to watch out for them, you know, see where they're at. And you really want to um, take out as many guys stealthy as possible. Uh, this game is, is kind of a stealth tactics game. It's not really about shootouts. It's not about fast action because you are very easily overwhelmed and you have a very limited amount of ammo. So if you get into like just uh, just a, a straight up shootout, you're not really going to win most of those. So you want to be sneaky as possible. Use your team tactics to get around the map, uh, figure out what you want to do. And the real highlight of this game is showdown mode, which is the part where you can stop time. Uh, so let's say, for example, you've got uh, you got yourself to a courtyard where there's like maybe three or four guards that you just can't kill by yourself because you might shoot one or two. But the other two will gun you down and they're going to sound the alarm and then like three more are going to show up. Like there's just no way you can do it with one person. So what you can do is you get your team, you know, in position and then you stop the game by going into showdown mode. Just push a button. Everything stops and then you can plan out all your moves in advance. So you can say, OK, well, main cowboy guy, I want you to throw your knife at this guard. And then pretty lady, I want you to use your Derringer pistol and shoot this other guard. And then sniper guy, I want you to shoot these two guys from this rooftop. And so you like tell everybody what you want them to do as the time is stopped. And then you can stop time and everybody does their thing at the exact same time. So like rather than trying to kill one guy by one by one, like you kill four guys at once. No one is able to fight back. No one can sound the alarm. And then you get through a situation that you ordinarily would not have been able to get through. Oh, my goodness. Um, so it's, a, it's like Sonic. Sonic? What do you mean? <laughs> you didn't see the Sonic movie, did you? Yeah, I just watched it last weekend. Oh, when he he's, all those missiles were coming at him, and he like pauses time because he's so fast. And then oh he just, yeah, like, yeah. He like goes, oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, and we'll put this little. Oh no, they're at the bar that one time, and in, in the bar, that's what I thought of. Yeah, yeah. When he's he's moving so fast, everybody else seems like they stopped, and he's yeah, like, and he's basically doing yeah. the things like you said. He's like setting things up, and then he lets it all go, and then people are like, "What happened?" And then time starts, and then like the drink falls, and the guy yeah. punches the wrong guy, and they fall down. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. Ha, so nice. if you yeah, related to Sonic, <laughs> a Sonic mention hashtag Sonic. Um, so yeah, that's, so that's really the, the hook to the game is like, you can do little one-off ambushes and stuff, which is really fun all on its own, but the game really comes into its own when you have these elaborate little set pieces where you're like taking out this guard and this guard's going to get killed by this guy over here. And you're like moving all the pieces. And when you, when a good plan comes together, it's like super satisfying. Like you, the guns go off and the knife gets thrown and you're holding your breath you know, hoping that nobody missed their shot and that everything went down the way you wanted to. And once the smoke clears, if all the bad guys are down, you feel like, yes, that was a great plan. Pulled it off. Wonderful feeling. Um, it's very Hitman-y in the sense that there are like little accidents that you can um, you can push like a stack of lumber down on top of a guy or roll a boulder down or something like that. Drop a safe, you know, if there's a safe being winched somewhere. All those little things you can do. Um, the story's okay. I mean, it's not, you know, not a great story. It's a fine story, but the action, the moment, moment action is really wonderful. It's really rich, detailed, deep, 
Um, very complicated. It's also very hard. It's very difficult. So you got to be a real tactics head to want to get into this. But if you are that person, if you like that crunchy tactics stuff and the really complicated puzzles you got to solve, it's wonderful. I, I mean, there's not a lot out there like Desperados 3 right now. Shadow Tactics is the only other one I can think of when we're talking about console. Um, some people on Twitter said this is very much like Commandos from back in the day. I never played that. That was a PC-only game, but people said oh, it's very yeah. similar to Commandos. Did you play Commandos? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so it if that, I don't know how true that is, but a lot of people say that's close. So if you like that, or if you like Shadow Tactics, or if you just want a really cool spin on tactics that does not feel like XCOM, does not an XCOM clone, does it feels like it's very much its own thing, uh, check it out. I think it's wonderful. I, I've been having a great time with it. It's a real meaty campaign. There's lots to go through. And I just, I love how it plays. There's really nothing else out there like it right now. Here's another difference between us. I think, um, yeah, you really like puzzly type games. And I think, not that I don't like puzzly games, but like I, I when you said earlier in the review, you're like, uh, you know, you have only so many bullets and you don't, want to, you don't want to alert too many people because then you can't take them all out. I hate hearing you can't, you know, in a video game for me. Like, I'm all about action and open world and do whatever you want and try to make it happen. And uh, like, I want to be able to have the option in games to be like, go guns blazing. Uh, even in Fallout, it was turn-based, like Fallout 1 and 2. And like, you probably shouldn't do these things. And you probably should do this this way turn-based to be the best way like a puzzle but you don't have to and like giving me the option to like try it my way but i understand that's not what not what this game is it's, you know it's supposed to be the way you yeah, described it yeah but i mean it, there 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 are multiple ways through every level so it's not just like there's one answer i mean there's multiple answers but in terms of what you're saying this is basically you can't the game because if you don't work with the systems there's just no way you're making it through yeah yeah yeah, exactly which again is exciting to people and it just is not for me it is a very specific thing i really dig it it's definitely not for everybody i don't think it's for you but if you like that kind of thing we don't get very many of these very often especially on console and right. i think me 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 productions are basically the only people who are kind of filling this niche right now so it's a good thing that they're doing a really good job of it because i really yep. like it so yep. there you go Desperados 3, it's a thing. A um, couple really quick wrap-ups here, and then we're at the end of the show. Carlos, you wanted to give a, a quick check-in on, uh, what, Ease Memory of Salcida, is that correct? Yeah, um, still playing that game. Uh, for a minute, I kind of dropped off because I thought it was essentially just explore the forest, action RPG, uh, in the world of Ease, which, again, we talked about, I think, on the show. It's not like a, it's a story you're not going to remember. It's not that big of a story-based game RPG. It's more just about the uh, action or whatever you're doing in the game. This one is all about the action, the reason why I played it, and I like the melee combat. But originally I mentioned that you just kind of explore this forest and see how much you explore it and map it, and then come back to the uh, village and say, hey, here's what I mapped, uh, blah, blah. And along the way you get your memories back because you have an amnesia because of video games. But... Um, I finally got to some more story bits and they really did talk about that amnesia a bit and something happened in this village and it was like intrigued me enough to be like, Oh, okay. I want to know a little bit more. And then once that was done, which took about an hour, it was back to exploring the forest again. So now I've learned what this game is. It's like these set pieces, right? Where you uh. get to like a town or you get to a big moment, like a mine or something. And they give you a bunch of story. And then you basically just explore for the rest of the game. 
like I know that there's games RPGs where you're grinding. I guess it's essentially that, but it's also like you're exploring the map at the same time and going back and kind of like going back and forth a lot. But I'll say this, it's just so relaxing because the minute to minute action, it's ridiculous. It's, you know, go back to Capcom. It's a little arcadey. Uh, and the fact that it's fast and you run around really quickly and dodge, but there's something to it that's very relaxing to me. Like if I want to get a moment of Zen, I put on the, the ease. I, you're on PS4 with this. Is that correct? PS4. Yeah. Couch. And, yep. And this was originally a Vita game, I believe. Right. Oh, right. That's the thing I wanted to say. What were you going to say before I say the Vita thing? Nothing. I was just going to recap for people. Um, I, I believe I played this on Vita and it didn't stick with me, but uh, I may take a look at it and see see it again on PS4. I mean, because I don't really have any games to play and I have so much free time, I'm going to check it out. But Oh, it's uh, just, I mean, if again, if you like systems of combat, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it just feels really good to like kill a bunch of things, monsters, and get a bunch of loot and then go back and use said loot, whatever. It's just that loop, you know? Good but loop, good loop. A good loop can take you far. A good loop can take you far. It, it took me all the way to the end of Trials of Mana. Um, <laughs> I will say this. I forgot. The first time I mentioned this game on the show, I go, and don't... We're going to come back to small text later in the show. And I hinted that I was going to talk about this game and small text, and I never did. So any of you, uh, you know, so video game scholars, you ever catch that? Uh, that was a little mess up on my part. That's a deep cut. Um, That's a deep cut. So is it is the text unreadable or what? No. So what I was going to say is the text is too big because this is a Vita game. And for some reason, they did not uh, convert it when it went to PS4. God, text is too big. That's the first time I've heard of that problem. I know. So what happens is the menus themselves are really big. Because, again, if you were looking at this on the, the Vita, it would make sense. You'd be like, well, that, let, let, me t- let me give you an example. The real estate of the screen is 100%. Let's say the menu pops up uh, to uh, just a dialogue uh, box, right? The dialogue box probably takes up 40% of the screen. Wow, that's pretty big. You know, maybe I'm exaggerating 35, like a third of the screen. And you're like, this is uh, way too much. And, and then, then, then the text is, you know, corresponds to that, that window, which is huge. So, so it, that's it sounds like a, like a port, but not really an adaptation, right? They did, Where they don't, yeah. they don't resize the text to make it make sense on the platform that it's they, on. I, they, I think they only ported it. There's nothing new about this at all. Uh, they just ported it. They're like, yeah, that's cool. They'll, like, want to just play it again. They don't care what it looks like. <laughs> So that's unfortunate, but well, I mean, at least, at least it's bigger. I mean, I guess bigger is better than smaller. Cause I mean, like, like I talked about, um, help will come tomorrow last week, which is a really super interesting game. I want to play that was again, another port, but not an adaptation where the text was probably on the small side on a PC. It's like unreadable on the switch. So it's like, I feel, I feel like people really got to like, take that into account. Like you have to adapt the game properly for the new platform. Otherwise there's going to be just problems. So it yeah. sounds like another example here. And I'm not complaining because our main thing on the show is small text and we hate it. And so this is too big of a text. I'm like, I also hate it. <laughs> oh, man. Monkey's paw. Jeez. Okay. I know. No, I'm fine with it. I'm playing Ease. All right. You were playing Ease. One last uh, mention from me. Uh, I was sent a code for a game called Waking, W-A-K-I-N-G. Uh, it's on PC. It's also on the Xbox One. I'm playing it on Xbox One. 
Um, this caught my attention because it seemed to be kind of a mix between a walking simulator, emotional journey sort of a game, and Dark Souls, which those two things don't usually come together very often, and that really kind of caught my attention. Um, so the basic premise is that you are a person who's in a coma, and you're dying, and so you are kind of like grasping at life in an internal psychological way. Uh, but, but then again, like in all the videos, it showed like a lot of like cool Dark Souls combat where you're like in these interesting looking worlds and you're fighting these big monsters. And so that seemed pretty interesting. Uh, so they sent over code and I've been playing it this morning and I got to say this game's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Um, it's made by, I believe one guy, uh, I think his name is Jason Oda. (laughs) So no disrespect. I know that just sounds sucky, like that combination. I'm sorry, but this game's terrible. His name is. I I mean I hate to say it, but it's like I mean I to give you kind of the context, right? So like this is a one person game, and I you know props to people who can make a game. Like I think making a game is incredibly difficult. It is, and not only making it, but like you know getting it sold and getting it to these platforms. So like all due respect, like no no personal disrespect to Mr. Oda. I mean I'm sure he's a great guy, a very clever guy. I'm sure it's a lot of work. I don't mean to like. And as a creator myself, like I know, I know how bad it feels when you you pour your heart and soul into something and people just don't respond to it. So like, I am very sensitive to that. I mean, I've written a couple books, and the feedback I've gotten on those, some of it was great, some of it was heartbreaking. So I know what it feels like when people shit on something you make. I'm sensitive to that. But at the same time, from a critical perspective and from the perspective of someone who has to either recommend or not recommend a game, yep. I find it extremely difficult to recommend this because. It, it feels very bad to play. Like, controlling the character is kind of awful. Um, it does not feel like the physics move the right way. It's kind of slippery, slidey. It's kind of weird. The physics just don't make sense. The double jumping is crazy. And the levels are kind of confusing. I was a little bit lost. I wasn't sure if I was in a new level or if I was in the level I was just at. And then you get into it. And it kind of it has that kind of preachy tone where it's like you get to this creature and it's like, oh, pick your... Pick your strengths. What strengths did you have? And it gives you like array of like, you know, hopeful, pleasant, happy, cheerful, whatever. Like you kind of pick a couple of those. Those become like your powers, although I didn't really get to figure out how those work. And then it asks you like what your your weaknesses are. And it's like, oh, I'm greedy. I'm selfish. I'm angry. Like whatever. Like you pick those. And it just had a tone that just felt like very like like it was kind of like not talking down to me exactly, but it just didn't feel like it was really connecting with me. Right. Like it felt kind of like unnatural it, it, it wasn't striking a chord with me in terms of like the intellectual side of it the dark souls gameplay was just really bad mechanics were just really bad i mean i got to a part where in, in the very beginning i didn't play it for very long where you have to like telekinetically pick up a table and use the table to block fireballs that are coming to you from the sky and you're trying to move the table and like you're rotating around the table but the table is not rotating around you and it's just the whole thing just felt just really strange and just didn't make a lot of sense and didn't feel very good. And mm. again, I realize how difficult it is to make a game, but also at the same time, there's a lot of competition in the game space right now, even in the indie scene where there's a lot of like really, really good shit coming out in the indie scene. Oh, That's yeah. amazing. And so it's not just enough to just make a game. Like you have to make a really, really good game. And I'm not saying that's easy and I'm not saying it's that I could do it or anything, but as a critic, it's like you're putting this in front of me and I have to be very honest with my evaluation <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's tough. I don't, you know, I don't want to shit on anybody, but this is just not a good game. I know. I'm sorry. I started off the review that way. Then I just, uh, I was just saying it because it sounded funny in the combination of 
of a terrible game and here's the guy's name and here's his address and uh, <laughs> but no but yeah you're right i mean like not every game's good i made shit you know people make bad stuff it, that just happens um so that's what we're reviewing you know the game itself but um yeah doesn't look like uh, yeah. i'll be looking for it yeah it's tough man it's tough i mean i like i like that he tried to do something different by combining two genres that don't normally go together i'm sure it's a very personal experience i mean it probably means very much to mr oda that he you know it probably means way more to him than it does to me and i i accept that i acknowledge that um but just from a critical perspective i had a terrible time with this game i i hated playing it it was not fun it did not feel good to play i wanted to quit playing it like as soon as possible so i apologize that you know this is bad news but it's bad news and i can't sugarcoat it so there we go that was winking pc xbox one i mean maybe maybe other people will get more out of it than i did i really I struggled with this one. Oh, I know, because like in this episode alone, we've probably like disagreed on games at least seven to eight times. So, um, <laughs> you know, someone else there probably like, I love this game because it, it mixes genres and blah, blah, blah. So who knows? There's somebody out there who this is going to be their favorite game. That person is not me, and that's totally fine. So, all right. Are you ready to wrap it up, Carlos? I am so ready. I'm like on a fast right now. This is a TMI, and it is past my time where I can actually eat. So I'm like... Gotta get the food in. Um, but I will say this. I looked at some of our uh, listens, views, metrics on our podcast, and it seems like the majority of, of episodes that have the most listens and views are the really long ones. People love a long show. People love a long, well, this particular show. I think what you and Corey built, were that you guys did a long show. It's even longer than some of the ones I think we've done. And... Uh, I guess it just fits the brand, man, because a lot of those ones we did for like two hours or plus. Um, here you go. This one's long. It's a big, beefy show. Sink your teeth into it, folks. Yeah. People like the long show. Also, uh, final closing bit. Next week, I think Carlos is going to talk about Darksburg. LOL. Oh, it's Lindsey Buckingham. <laughs> uh, Darksburg and Maneater. Oh, my God. Wait, we'll get you to it when we get to it. We'll get to what? it when we get to it. He's he's they're still here. They're they're waiting in the chair to be talked to. I love um, how long this has been a running gag. This is this is pleasing me. This is a very extended running gag. I don't want it to be a joke. Um, <laughs> Darksburg Maneater. Can you talk talk about Maneater next time? Because we both played it, I, right? I have it, but I'm scared to play it because I've heard that it burns out your Xbox One. I've heard it like super overheats what? your box. Yeah, if you look it up. A lot of people were warning me. They're like, oh, shit, don't play it on, on Xbox because it's going to kill your box. And I have a, I have a, a Generation 1 Xbox One, and I don't want it to die before the Xbox XXOX X2 comes out. Oh, my so goodness. So I'm, like, I'm scared to run it, dude. I'm honestly scared. I'm laughing at that, and I'm also laughing at the, what you just called the next Xbox because I don't even Who know what you Who the fuck knows said. what it's called? I don't even Xbox know what it's called. Xbox 032XXO. XO. Um, Jesus Christ! All right. That's ridiculous. Anyway. Maybe you just back up your uh, Xbox, you know, data, and then try it. <laughs> we'll we'll see. I am in no position to replace my Xbox, so I don't know that I want to risk it. But we we will see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, we should probably wrap this up wrap and get up. you some food, my friend. Get yep. some food. Uh, all right, folks, that is it for the show. Thank you very much for listening. Before we go, as always, we want your questions, your comments, your feedback. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at so video games, but we're also on the social media individually. Carlos, where do you want people to look you up this week? Uh, just go over to your YouTube channel. I got some funny things over there. YouTube.com slash a lot of things. 
Excellent. And I am, as always, on Twitter and Instagram, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 186. Thank you so much for joining us here at the So Video Games Podcast. And we'll be back before you know it. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And bye from Carlos. Yes, just normal. Just a normal goodbye. Just a normal. So normal when it's weird. It's weird when it's normal. So normal when it's weird. Change up your background is all we're saying.